My name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Hey you, welcome to episode 202 of Legally Clueless. Thank you so much for rocking with this podcast. I'm really glad that you're part of the family. If this is your first time ever listening to the pod, audio episodes like this got every single Monday. We have three seasons of a video series with some amazing African stories as well, which you can check out on legallycluelessafrica.com, as well as our tour series. So watch us weave through Kenya, through Paris, through Zimbabwe and Dubai and of course record African stories in those wonderful places as well and then our two new babies are our events and workshops this year we have so many events coming up which I'm super excited about our calendar is out all of this good stuff is on our website which is legallycluelessafrica.com and if you are an OG member of the family, you know I've got nothing but love for you. In fact, I want to shout out a few people who sent some tweets my way in the last couple of weeks because I'm just like, man, this is this is so much love. I really do appreciate it. I'd like to send love to Anto Rock Talk. <laughs> these names um who listened to uh an episode of legally clueless on addiction i believe it was danny's story and he found it super insightful welcome to the family thank you for tweeting about us i'd also like to send some love to jabetti who said she she said discovering legally clueless is one of the best things that happened to her this year and Send some kind words directly to me about it. I really, really do appreciate you. So she's in the 2020 episodes. So she might hear the shout out next year, which is perfectly okay. <laughs> but I really do appreciate all the love. Remember, if you want to tweet about the podcast, use the hashtag Legally Clueless so I can stalk you and send some love your way. <laughs> and you can join our cozy little corner of the internet. We, oh, I thought something was like... <laughs> I thought something was at my feet nibbling and it's just my headphones cable. I was about to start screaming. <laughs> anyway, remember you can join our cozy corner of the internet. We're at Legally Clueless Africa on Instagram. All right, last episode did not have a song of the week. I apologize. But man, I've been listening to this particular cover of a song for a while and I really love it. Man, like when I'm going on my long drives, which is always a long drive if I have to drive into Nairobi and just like weaving through the farms and the sun is shining because the weather is great currently. This song is just a perfect soundtrack. I'm not too sure what it's about. To be honest, I don't care. It just makes me feel good. So that's all I want. It is a cover to As It Was and it's by Prep. I've put a link to it in the show notes. The great thing about this cover, it is on pretty much every streaming app wherever you listen to your music, and it's also on YouTube. So I've put a link to it in the show notes. I hope it gives you that same good feeling it gives me. So as you can tell from the name of the episode, this is a fear episode. I promised you that it was coming, and I just want to weave through the different fears I've navigated. I think I go through about three, some things that I have figured out through therapy and reading that have helped me with my fear and who knows they could help you as well so my first I mean I'm pretty sure I faced fear before I was 18 but I can't really remember it per se but I think my first real encounter with fear as not an adult but like 
somebody who can be like, yeah, that's fear, <laughs> was while and after I was raped. Many things I feared happening. Now, there are many fears that were birthed by that trauma, but I want to touch on one, which is the fear of being too broken for anyone to love. I think it's a fear that maybe I've only really conquered last year. I mean, there's no time frame per se, when it comes to some of these things, but I think last year is when I can say quite a lot of progress was made. So the fear of being too broken for anyone to love. And so back when it happened, I was in a relationship at that point, my first ever relationship actually. And so that already comes with its own confusion and fears and expectations. And I was dating someone who was super religious. And because of that, we hadn't had sex before I got raped. And so my first sexual encounter was rape. And soon after the rape, he cheated. And because of where I was at in that moment, because I hadn't had any psychological interventions at the time, man, so much, so much was happening internally. I immediately thought it was because of the rape and because the rape had broken me so much to the point that I was off-putting to men. I immediately blamed myself and the person I was post this assault. So my first reaction wasn't to cut him off. I actually tried to still make it work. I mean, when I found out, because it's not like he confessed, <laughs> I found out and confronted him and all of that madness but you know there was that mess but even after that I know I tried really hard to still make it work and it wasn't even that I was genuinely like oh I forgive you I see a future no to be quite honest I don't even think we were a match or he was but also I was 18 so let me be kind with myself because who knows what they wanted 18 but looking back I'm just like yeah no <laughs> So it wasn't even I was trying from a place of love and, you know, reconciliation. I was trying for myself because I was just like, if I lose this man, it means I'm really broken, you know, and this fear I had about it would be true. And so I tried to make it work until it just had to end, maybe like a natural death. And I just remember feeling like I didn't want to be alone. I, I didn't want to be alone because I feared that it would mean what I was telling myself was true, that I'm damaged goods. I think that's where my fear of being alone was really birthed, you know. And I, I think after that, I got into relationships with no boundaries, no standards. And sometimes, like, if I look back, sometimes there was no love. I was just looking for a way to appease my fear of being alone, you know? And, and there are also other fears. There were fears around safety that were birthed by that traumatic incident. So I went into relationships and they were somewhere I would actually 
vocalize. You know, like how women want a guy to constantly share emotions like, oh, I love you and whatever. I constantly wanted to hear that you would keep me safe. There were some guys who did tell it to me. I don't know if they thought it was from a romantic point of view, but like that was not normal. It was coming from a very unhealthy place. It was coming from fear. And I think, you know, I I stayed longer than I should have in many relationships. I took whoever gave me a second glance (laughs) seriously to be in a relationship with them not even thinking about what my feelings are because I was just like, I need someone there because I fear if I'm alone that it means I'm damaged goods, basically. The other fear that comes to mind when I look back came with my mom's death because immediately after she passed, I experienced a fear that I had never felt before and it's the fear of people I love dying. I'm only now, so my mom died when I was 23. Right now, I'm about to turn 34 in two weeks. Feel free to send me gifts. (laughs) But only now is when I'm piecing together my identity. Grooming my mom did a number on my identity. It's like now is when I'm coming up for air. But I think what it did was made me confuse love for fear. And so I smothered those that I love in what I thought was love, but it was really fear. And I often say, I've probably even said it on this podcast, that I love so fiercely that anyone I love can never doubt that I love them. And it sounds wonderful and poetic, but I don't think it was from a place of love. I think it was from a place of fear that I would say that, you know, fearing that the people I care about would die. And so I don't know if it was love or it was fear. Like, because love, there is no fear with love and there's no rush with love. And it's just there. You don't have to physically think about it or like tally it or whatever. It's just It's just there. You know, with this particular fear, I learned that fear can mimic many things and many emotions. It can even mimic your inner voice. So it's a tricky little bastard and you just have to constantly keep checking in with yourself to figure out if what you're thinking is fear-fueled, love-fueled, abundance-fueled, or where is it really coming from? And the next fear I want to share that I experienced and still feel to date is fear of the unknown. Oh my God. (sighs) I think I felt this one the most when I quit my job. So I was working as a radio presenter. I was hosting The Breakfast Show at one of Kenya's top stations. The Breakfast Show is like the peak time show. At the time I was leaving, we were like the third most listened to breakfast show. So things were going well. I was earning an above decent salary and then I quit. And I didn't really know what a future without a job looked like because I had been employed since I was 20 years old consistently. Like there was no downtime because the break between the two jobs I had across 10 years was literally one week, (laughs) seven days. Um, And so, you know, I started working when I was 20 And I was quitting when I was 30, so a decade, right? This was my normal. I had never known a working or adult life without a paycheck. So I was like, what if I go broke? And what if I become financially dependent on a man, which is another unhealthy ick that I have? What if I failed? What if I didn't 
find something else that I was good at because I was doing this thing for 10 years. It's not like I had developed another skill. Oh my goodness. Like what if it just didn't work out? Would I be employable again? This industry is weird as fuck. It was hectic. It was hectic. It was such a crippling fear. And you know, then it it bonded with my already existing anxiety and it was just hell. That was one of the most trying times in my adult life. At that time, people are projecting their own fears, just like asking, why are you doing this? Or what the heck is podcasting? Once I figured out that podcasting was what I was going to do, which I did not know while I was handing in my resignation, by the way. You know, and, and having people kind of say, well, you know, all jobs are hard. They're meant to be like this. And then not having my best friend and greatest confidant and safety net, my mom there for that was just, man, fuck, it was hard. It was so hard. As much as it was such a trying time, it was also a point where I learned some coping tools when it comes to fear. And some that I learned from my therapist, as I always do, and some that I learned from deep diving into just reading stuff, which is another thing I always do. The first thing I learned was to name your fear. A lot of the time, I found that things became clearer when I named my fear. And sometimes I often confuse fear of failure and fear of the unknown. And once I named the fear, I could localize it. And I realized Once I named it, it seemed smaller, like something I could take on, something I could overcome. And when I made the differentiation between fear of the unknown and fear of failure, then even with failure, I started asking myself like, but what does failure even look like for you? So are you defining failure from the outside in where you're taking on other people's definition of failure and projecting that onto yourself, you know? I just found that everything internally calmed down once I went from, oh, I'm paralyzed by fear in an ambiguous way. Once I went from that to, I am scared of this specific thing. And once I named it, I could move on to the next step, which was unpacking and evaluating the fear. So, okay, if it's fear of the unknown, Is it truly fear of what I can't control or is it fear of a particular event happening? And what I would do is sit with it and even evaluate what is really within my control. (laughs) You know, we like to think that we are so in control of everything and we really aren't. And the older I get, the more I realize that that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to not be in control of things. First and foremost, I wouldn't want that level of responsibility. (laughs) It's a lot, (laughs) you know, and it's freeing. You know, you can, instead of like trying to grasp at what you can control, when you let go, the first thing you feel is freedom before your mind tricks you into fearing, you know, and I realized that. So I go with that first feeling. Man, when you're an entrepreneur, you need <laughs> to lean into the freedom feeling because there's so many moments where it's just like, oh, fuck, is this business going under or what the heck is happening? I, I really had to sit down and just like 
ask myself, what exactly is fueling this fear of the unknown? You know, another thing that I found to be very important is to remember that you could do everything that's within your control. You could wake up on time, you could register your business, you could do everything that all of these business articles and courses, and if you sit down with entrepreneurs, you're told to do, you could do all of that and you could still not stop a particular thing from happening. It would still happen. So then I kind of warm up to the fact that, okay, here's a list of the things I'm in control of, but... Even if what I fear still happens, it wouldn't be the end of the world. And this part, this part is hard. This part I am still navigating. Especially for me because I battle suicidal thoughts a lot. <sighs> yeah. I really don't want to cry in this episode. But... Oh my goodness. I didn't think this was going to be an emotional episode, but um, I really battle. I really battle. And um, sometimes with fear, oh God, I said. Sometimes with fear, it's like, um, Fighting fear and telling yourself that even if you fail at this thing that you do, it's not the end of the world. It takes up so much energy. Then I have that dark voice that is like, says either of two things. Um, either, hey, if you fail, you could just like end it all. That's one. Or things are really good right now. Let's quit while we're ahead. And I don't know if you've ever, um, if you've ever battled suicidal thoughts. They're so loud and they make so much sense. And there's such a comfort zone and it's so hard to talk about them. I remember, you know, I'm crying, but just, I hope this doesn't freak you out. <laughs> My tears, that is, because I'm, I'm making progress. I'm in a good space. But I remember the last really scary point with, you know, these thoughts was in March, 2022. And I think I've talked about it on the podcast. And I was still giving you guys episodes and um, planning, just planning how to go. But what is so hectic about those thoughts is the peace they bring. It's an oxymoron because you're planning such a violent end, but it's bringing you peace. I don't understand it, but I remember I was I was even scared of telling one of my therapists about it because I was like <laughs> now you see in the movies like you tell them these things and then they're like hey we need to put her in an institution <laughs> and so I was just like no I don't want to do that but you know she's obviously a professional so it was um she really has been one of the reasons 
I'm still here today. The reason it's so exhausting is even when you open up to people close to you, maybe this is just me, I don't know if it's the case for everyone else, but like I found it so difficult to even say the words and the person closest to me who I told, I was just like, I'm having dark thoughts, which is very ambiguous because it's not, hey, not only am I having dark thoughts, I've bought everything I need. I've written all the letters I need to write. If I decide right now, everything is planned, you know? And I think that makes it so much harder because a lot of the fight is in your head by yourself. So this point of like warming up to the fact that if what I fear happens, if it's fear of failure, fear of the unknown, etc., that everything will be okay, it wouldn't be the end of the world. I have my days where that's great, I'm okay with it, I'm fine with the freedom of not being in control. But then I do have the days where I'm like, then what if that happens? And then what's the point? <laughs> you know, like, why am I, why am I even building this thing? What am I doing? Maybe I should stop. Stop now when things are good. It's hard. It's hard fighting fear. And so even my heart goes out to the people who have to fight it every day because I don't have to, I don't feel those feelings. I don't have those thoughts every day. But when I do, uh, it's, um, it's hard. And another thing that I do when I, after naming and in the process of unpacking the fear is, especially with the fear of the unknown, which is the one that I've battled, is evaluating what I have assumed, like what assumptions have I made? So I've assumed that I'm not good in business. I've assumed that no one will ever want to be with me. I've assumed that I'm unlovable. I've assumed that I'm a failure. I've assumed that the people I love are going to die tomorrow. So it's to sit with these assumptions and evaluate how rational or irrational they are. And I've also learned like another thing that helps is to converse with my fear. And it sounds a bit hectic because it's like, what do you mean? Like, do you have a date <laughs> um, with fear? But in interrogating it, you're almost having a conversation with fear and what I've learned from doing that is it helps me learn more about the fear and where it could perhaps be coming from. So some fears are trauma birthed. So like my fear that came from sexual assault or from grief. So I then have to remind myself that, okay, Adele, we're not in danger anymore. We can calm down. We can turn off the survivor mode. Not everything is going to be the same as that traumatic incident. And then I also realized that the fear isn't an enemy. It's born from a place where my mind is trying to protect me. So then it doesn't become a fight. It becomes an exercise of an exercise of soothing, soothing myself. It's like a very graceful exercise. It's not a fight. I don't know if that makes sense. Because if you realize that it's been born from a place in your mind that's trying to protect you, you then have to acknowledge that you tell your mind what is true and what isn't. So then again, that's why I call it conversing with your fear because it's like you sit down and you say, hey, I know you're scared this is going to happen because of ABCD, but guess what? I got this. Guess what? 
that's not gonna happen again because of this or guess what we have a chance of ensuring that doesn't happen because we're gonna do a b c d and it's like almost sitting with a child when i realized this i now just like soothe myself back to calmness another thing that helps is doing something i'll tell you how i figured out this one because it seems very straightforward but like fear can be paralyzing you can actually be paralyzed into inaction by fear i remember being petrified of being financially unhealthy or my business failing and then rendering me financially unhealthy (laughs) and so obviously this came up in therapy and my therapist would ask what was i doing about it and for a long while i was doing absolutely nothing my friends not a damn thing out of fear i was scared to invest because i was like i'd rather have my money in front of me because if i put it in something and then it goes I'll be broke and then I'll have to be financially dependent on someone. I was scared of, I don't want to buy land because something may go wrong. I'll be conned and then I'll be broke. And then I'm going to have to be financially dependent on someone. You get what? (laughs) So the fear absolutely paralyzed me. So then I started making baby steps, you know, making small investments and then bigger ones reading up on best business practices, something even as small as like registering my business, implementing a small thing that I read somewhere, really working on adapting an abundance mentality. And I realized when you sit in the fear and you let it paralyze you, this thing that you fear looks like a mountain. Where? Um, (laughs) It just looks like this big thing that you can never ever conquer. And... When you make even a 0.01 small step, all of a sudden you're like, hey, Kumba, this thing is, uh, it's not, it's not a mountain. It's, it's like a hill, you know, and you take another step and you're like, it's actually like a kabump. <laughs> and then I just, I just found that the thing is every step I would make towards conquering my fear would fuel the next step, which fuels the next. And so it's, it's a constant motion. You can't, you can't stop moving. And that felt good. It feels good because I'm still in that journey. It feels good. The first step is always the hardest, but do something to challenge your fear because that's where you're going to get fuel to keep challenging it. The other thing that I so helped with me, I mentioned earlier, it's very difficult for me to do is talking to someone. Hey, I find it so difficult. I find it so difficult to tell anyone that I'm struggling or I'm not feeling fully okay. I just don't like being a burden. I think that's it. I don't like being a burden. I don't like causing worry. And so most of the times, whenever I've had crises in my life, like I bring in people when shit has hit the fun. It's also not a good thing. So I've learned that talking to someone helps. And this doesn't necessarily mean a therapist. I actually, when I wrote this in my notes, I meant a friend or someone you trust. One of my friends often laughs that like clockwork, I always call her before launching a product or doing something in my business. I call her in panic and she always hears me out. She even lets me cry and then evaluates my fear with me. And that's Kazu. 
she's constantly laughing about that. She's like, and then afterwards when the thing works out, she'll be like, it started with that phone call that you always do. And I don't even realize that I always do it, but I always do. And I often feel so much better when I speak and share my fears with her. And I have another person close to me who I do the same and like, I'll cry and cry. And funnily enough, they're the two people I called (laughs) before starting this podcast. And of course I cried. (laughs) I was so scared. I was just like, this is going to fail. I don't know anything about this. And they heard me out. And it felt back then, and even, you know, I've called them many times since, it feels good. I feel so much lighter. I feel less alone. I feel like there's somebody rooting for me. I feel like there's somebody I can turn to in the event. I can't do it anymore. And you know, I've made progress coming from a place where I used to find it absolutely impossible to ask for help or to share when I wasn't okay. But now I do try. And I think like some point last year when my uncle died, I actually managed to reach out to someone and say, I don't think I should be alone today. You know, and I still remember that because first it took me like two hours to type that. that message I was just like oh my goodness what is this why are we asking for help (laughs) but it's important it's very important to have even just one friend one person that you trust to talk to about your fears it's lighter even if they don't have solutions it makes you feel lighter the other thing that helps and it's something we take for granted is breathing exercises taking deep breaths helps me center myself in the moments when my fear morphs into anxiety and I just feel like everything will not work out and all my fears will come true. I literally stop and take like 10 deep breaths and I focus only on that action of the air coming in and the air leaving. And it sounds so silly because it's something we do without thinking, but honestly, it helps. The deep breaths help. And when you go into that zone where something has triggered this thing that you fear, try it. Stop immediately and just start taking those deep breaths. You'll notice everything centers, everything calms down. You know, the thing is, I've even done it with my fear of heights. There's an adventure park nearby and I went for it and I have a fear of heights. Like I will literally start shaking. Like my body will shake. And I realized when I took deep breaths, the shaking stopped. And I can't remember where it was I read, but it was definitely a monk or some Buddhist scripture about breathing, about how magical and powerful it is. So try breathing exercises. Sometimes you may have to go all the way into mindful exercises as well. It helps. Another thing specifically for fear of failure, I think, is to define what failure is and define what success is. Because sometimes you'll realize when you define it, it's somebody else's definition you're using to stress yourself with fear. And when you really sit with it, you realize, actually, no, maybe even failure doesn't exist in that space for you, but you have had someone project their fear onto you and you've absorbed it. So really define these things and fear of failure. Hmm, what exactly is it? What is failure? What is success? What does it look like? What is the actual definition of that? I think that's a very important point. I know this episode has touched on very many 
things that may not only be related to fear, but I think in one, me being vulnerable enough to share my fears, I hope it makes you feel a lot more human and a lot less alone. It's it's a normal thing. And then just start to converse with the fear, unpack it, name the fear, define, and then talk to someone, do your breathing exercises, understand the fear is coming from a place where your mind wants to protect you. So take back your power over your mind. You tell it what's true and what's not. What I will end with is there is no state of no fear. Although I did tell a friend of that and she said, no, there is. It's called death. And I liked that. While you're alive, there will be something you fear. And don't wait for a state of no fear to start doing something or to initiate something. There is no such state while you're alive. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm so worried that I feel like I rumbled past my prep sheet notes. I'm just like, is this even still the fear episode or is it just the venting episode? (laughs) But yeah, I hope, I hope you, you found something that works for you. But still on fear, I'm going to Nanuki this week. Yes, getting into my car, doing something I feared doing for the second time, making that progress. And so if you're in Nanuki and you managed to hear this on Monday, because that's the deadline, which is Monday the 23rd of January, you need to fill out the storyteller form, which we have a new storyteller form link, by the way. It's in the show notes. Sign up. If you're in Anuki, I would love to be able to meet you while I'm up there and record your story. But yeah, this is me taking my own advice when it comes to fighting fear and doing something, making that small step is going to fuel my next step. I was already thinking like, okay, after Nanuki, what's the next town? I really love Meru, so it might be Meru. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to Nanuki. I'm really excited. In the next episode, I'll probably be sharing more from the Nanuki trip and there will be an African story in that in that episode. So don't fret, that's that's gonna be coming back. Remember that you can catch this podcast if you're in Kenya on Trace Radio or Trace FM. Head over to traceradio.co.ke. There is a list of all the frequencies on how you can tune in or you can even stream Trace there. And you can catch Legally Clueless there every single Monday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. and 11 p.m. and every Friday at 1 p.m. Another thing that is super, super awesome, if you listened to the loss episode, I have such a treat for you. Well, not just me, my therapist and I. One of our events coming up in February is a group therapy session specifically looking at loss. Over the next couple of episodes, I'll be sharing more about where ticket prices, timing, and all of that. It's going to be very limited, so you will have to get your tickets quick, fast. But, oh, I'm just so excited that we're going to be going through losses. And if you're wondering losses, what, what listen to the loss episode so you can really understand what I'm talking about. So I'm very excited about that, that together with you, we can, as a community, intentionally heal together, like, holding hands through this process. I think that's that's magical. That's really beautiful. Yeah, so as usual, I'm going to end this episode here and wish you a week drenched in grace as usual. Please be graceful with yourself. You're human. Yes, you make mistakes, but you're trying. 
and even if nobody sees it you see it so just be graceful with yourself i love you so much i'm i'm so emotional i'm so emotional today but yeah take take the love as well take the love that's it for this episode of legally clueless you can share this podcast with your friends you can keep it for yourself i'm not judging just make sure you're here next week for the next episode